On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff here. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Podbay is one I've been linking to a lot lately. Um, I don't know. You know, when I do all that linking, sharing on Facebook, I'm just looking for one that shows the really cool, nice picture that Dan puts together for me all the time. So that's really cool. Anyways, uh, I can't believe I haven't done this episode before. Uh, It's one I've thought about, and I know I've talked about uh, all of this stuff in dribs and drabs across YouTube shows and whatever. Uh, But this is episode 237. I'm calling it Genius. Just one word, genius. Um, So you know how we've done episodes before, uh, I think I have, on overrated and underrated, the meaning of those words. I know Pete and I have talked about that as as well on Sea of Tranquility. Um, You know, this definitional thing, um, genius. So this is a funny one where, where, okay, so so let's go back a little bit. So um, the idea of genius, uh, you think of uh, an IQ over 140, you think of mathematics and science and inventing and technology and things like that. To me, that's where, you know, there's nowhere to hide. There's no bull. Um, you know, you can be a genius uh, in those fields. So you almost think of genius as something that uh, more concretely lies in, uh, in the scientific fields. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to the arts, it, it's kind of funny. So I... Um, you know, I was thinking a little bit about this, putting together this episode, and as much as I love visual art and I, you know, know a lot about tons and tons of different artists and art movements and stuff, I don't really ascribe genius uh, to what they're doing, um, and I'm not sure why. Something to do with um, the fact that a lot of people can have full craft, and then a lot of people can have full ideas, and even the... Um, even the amazingness of your ideas and your philosophy behind what you're doing along with the craft isn't enough uh, to go to that nowhere to hide level of, uh, of you know, scientists literally inventing cures and things like that and figuring out the, the cosmos and everything, right? Um, photography, same kind of thing. Uh, and oddly enough, even in the literary world, you know, I, I wonder, you know, you would think that's the place where the mind works most fully and you could have genius there as well. Let's not go into that in a big way, but let's put that aside. Um, and then in the music end of things, um, it, it's, uh, again, kind of interesting where, um, you know, I'll maybe get to this when we get to the honorable mentions, but you can talk about uh, geniuses on the guitar, you know, like like literally genius um, down to more of a sub subset level, a specific part of the music uh, industry. And the other thing I thought was was kind of interesting is um, 
this idea that, uh, you know, if uh, if rock stars heard you talking about them as geniuses, they'd kind of scoff. Because number one, most people who excel and are amazing artists will, uh, you know, they, they have uh, some level of imposter syndrome. I just read an amazing New York Times article on Michael Stipe, and he apparently has this imposter syndrome. Um, boy, I could do a whole episode just on, on Michael Stipe in that article. But... Um, you know this idea that um, that they all they all you know in the background realize and don't want to admit it, but there's a lot of hard work. You know, uh, inspiration is ninety percent perspiration and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, where where it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of putting things together. Uh, you know, we're rock stars. We're we're a bunch of boobs working in this stupid rock music industry. How dare you call me a genius? I'm not a genius, kind of thing, right? So so that's that's a kind of an interesting thing too, and I think that's going to come to bear a little bit when I get to my band category of uh, of this thing. But uh, but yeah, and here's the other thing I want to say in a general sense before I, I pick some examples here is um, it drives me crazy, uh, you know, and I can see the, the comments coming um, that every time I talk about genius, I mean, I, I mean it in a specific way and we're going to go through that and going to flesh that out. But literally when you see the comments uh, roll in on uh, on this topic, it just turns into a big fest of everybody naming their favorite bands. I mean, it's just like, oh, I love this band. They're geniuses, right? Like, no, that's not that's not what I want to see. And I actually went and did a little research and and uh, and checked on the internet, like lists of genius rock and rollers of all time or whatever, the most genius bands of all time. And it, and it was totally that. I mean, I I totally disagreed with most of the the choices they were they were pulling for this idea of genius. So. Um, so actually, okay, so let's let's have these concepts come out as we pick these tracks. Um, take a listen to our first selection here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 237, Genius. This is Frank Zappa with No Not Now. No, 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 no. Okay, so the category here is top answer, best answer, first answer that comes to mind, Frank Zappa. I've talked to all sorts of my wise music swami buddies on the... um on the topic of genius, and uh, Frank Zappa is the first one that comes to everybody's mind. Like we are talking about someone here who, uh, who was a brilliant arranger, could read music, wrote music. He essentially is in the uh, is in the tradition of the great classical musicians. I mean, let's not go there, but I'm sure there's tons of genius there as well. Uh, but you know, first concept album, people talk about Hot Rats as being the first jazz fusion album. Um, you know, you you talk about uh, a great guitarist who can compose parts, who actually has his own sound. And, you know, I oddly, you know, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I've always said that that his sound is almost like the parody of a shredding guitarist, even though shred didn't even exist in the 70s when he was laying down his most amazing guitar licks but but still it's almost like visionary in that in that respect that he's and he had a certain tone um uh, and he's, he was a great innovator as well. And all of this, he could do all of this. He, he, he could also gather great people and teach them things and learn from them. So he was, a, was an actual educator as well. Uh, but he could hold all of this happening 
uh, and I'll say more about the music in a sec, but he could he could do all this while also having, um, you know, pretty intelligent political and societal and moral uh, beliefs and uh, and put all of that sort of stuff into his lyrics and uh, was absolutely engaging in interviews and, you know, the whole PMRC thing. And he went and, you know, talked to Congress about that and all that kind of stuff. So he's got this whole entire literary bent thing going on as well um, as he's doing all this. Uh, and then there's the prolificness, right? The amount of records he put out and in so many different styles, um, well, you know, yeah, yes, in so many different styles. Uh... Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. There, there's a lot of, well, number one, he, he's an artist that we talk about as, uh, we're, we're flummoxed when we try to discuss him as a as a prog artist, is he a prog artist? He doesn't doesn't fit, does fit. Uh, but jazz fusion, rock. So he's he's got this massive pastiche on the albums that you almost would have to call the conservative Frank Zappa albums because there's also classical and there's also uh, straight guitar type things as well. There's lots of instrumental stuff. There's you know arranging all these vocals. Even as a singer, he's he's in there doing super innovative, interesting things. And then the last thing I want to mention that adds to his genius. Um, is is uh, is the scientific end of it, the inventor end of it, the gear end of it. This is a guy who loved sound and loved playing with that stuff as well, and uh, and you know was well versed in in that whole end of it as well. So now you're getting over into that uh, concrete area. So uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, Frank Zappa I think is the uh, is the one guy. Uh, that's the other thing. So this is about people, right? I've got a category about bands, but um, it drives me nuts when people say, oh, who's the big greatest genius in rock and roll? And people start rattling off bands, right? It's like bands are not one person, right? So so you have to have that conversation when you talk about this stuff. So that drives me nuts as well uh, when I when I see that. Um, uh, let's, so yeah, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here. Episode 237 genius uh, let's play our second track and we shall discuss this is snowy shaw with Noctgeist. Oh man, I love this song. So the category here, I mean, the category is he's an awesome example of this. He's one of our greatest uh, rock and roll geniuses uh, in operation right now, alive today, because Frank Zappa's not around. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, my my story on this is that I was somewhat inspired to do this episode uh, because I went for a super long walk. I'm trying I'm trying to get walks in of uh, you know over an hour and a half, up to two hours, kind of thing, and. Um, and uh, so I'm walking around listening to music and, you know, going through my iPod Classic and played a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then I got, oh, yeah, oh, this is my iPod Classic that's got my Ill Will on it, my Note Notre Dame, my Snowy Shaw solo. Uh, so all that stuff's there. So I start playing this stuff and I'm just like 
just like almost laughing to myself out loud, enjoying walking around, listening to this stuff. Because the funny thing is, is when I when I play Snowy Shaw, I, I always start at all of my favorite songs. I uh, play them over and over again. I play them way too many times. But things like the greatest Christmas song of all time, Krampus, and this song you just heard, Knocked Guys. So these are all off of, uh, you know, his definitive album, I think. Uh, it's the Snowy Shaw album. Uh, White is the New Black. It's absolute masterpiece, uh, start to finish. So much variety, versatility. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. But uh, so, yeah. All sorts of stuff on this. There's there's gothic music. There's incredible arranging in that. But yeah, Notre Dame. I was going to pick uh, to put in here Vlad the Impaler from Notre Dame. But I notice on Spotify, he's done all this crazy remixing and reissuing of all this stuff. And I'm playing it. And I'm going, nah, man, I wanted the original. And it would be too much explaining to do uh, to my uh, to to my great helpers at uh, at Pantheon uh, to pick the song. So I thought, nah, let's not go there. Uh, but yeah, go play Vlad the Impaler, the original, and what put headphones on and listen to what Snowy does on, on the drumming. I mean, those fills and the groove on that, there are probably like a dozen fills on there that you could just say are the greatest fills of all time and the groove, etc. cetera. Uh, but yeah, of course, the other thing is... Um, so yeah, why is Snowy Snowy a genius? So um, so yeah, he's got all this stuff. The Notre Dame ill will man. This there's a there's a um, there's a drum pattern on a ill organi- organizazione uh, on the ill will album. Super rare album, right? I mean, all this stuff is kind of rare, but um, so essentially, the cool thing about Snowy is. Um, He's a massive musicologist. He's a huge music fan, which goes into what, you know, fortunately he ended up making music too. He's he's one of the greatest, most tasteful, interesting drummers of all time. But he's also a singer with a whole bunch of different gears. We just did those gear episodes. He plays the guitar. He plays the He plays everything on, on a lot of this stuff as well. So he's a massive multi-instrumentalist. So that is part of being a genius as well. Uh, but you just know, even when he goes in and he plays for Dimu Borgir or, or Mercer merciful fate or something you just know he's the smartest guy in the room right he's the smartest most talented guy in the room uh and he's he's almost like too he loves music too much to not say what's on his mind so i'm sure eventually it's like uh he's he's got to leave these situations because he's a genius right he's got to work on his own and the funny thing uh, again about being a genius is you see uh, how he's been releasing music and what he's been putting out is just chaos, right? It's singles here or there. Um, there's um, uh, be kind to animals and all that, you know. So videos too. That's the other thing. Snowy is is uh, quite an adept videographer. He's making these videos himself. Uh, the Knocked Geist video, that song I just played, you've got to go see that video. It's absolutely amazing. And follow it up with the Krampus video, like I say, greatest Christmas song of all time. But um, but yeah, so so take, take the entire catalog together. Take what this guy plays. Um, take his lyrics. Take his sense of humor. Um, so the whole life philosophy wrapped up in the package. Um, and if you want to start in one place because it all looks so daunting, and even frankly, you know, you go through some of this stuff, and you're not going to see the genius um, if you if you start clicking on all these single songs here or there. Um, so so I I want you to go in the right way, and I going in the right way is literally playing the Snowy Shaw album White is the New Black start to finish. Um, that will get you in the door. Um, you're going to get the whole feel of uh, why uh, this guy is probably our our greatest living rock and roll genius right now. Um, and, um, so here's another funny thing. So, 
So I've noticed that with a lot of people I wanted to call geniuses and are geniuses in a certain way, um, they will drift away into other types of music in a big way eventually. I mean, people are talking a little bit uh, about this, about Stephen Wilson, right? Um, Devin Townsend's a good example. I want to say more on him in a second. Um, but, uh, but it's funny. Snowy is operating in an idiom that is, that is essentially various flavors of extreme metal. Um, so, you know, I, I'm looking at all these definitions of genius and people are saying, oh, you have to impact a ton of people and, and, oh, how many hearts have you touched and all this stuff? It's like, no, I don't believe in that at all. You could be a genius and, and have no audience or whatever. Um, but the interesting thing with Snowy is he's, he's, he's an underground musician and he's, and he chooses to operate because he loves heavy metal so much. He operates in a heavy metal idiom and he knows he's way too smart to know that there's a limited audience, um, but unfor but fortunately, he's got a massive cult audience that realizes genius. And again, uh, if we were all ideally as open-minded as we should be, um, we should just approach music and just love greatness, right? Um, and so you would listen to this and go, "Oh wow, it's I'm I'm just listening to this to marvel for its greatness." And that brings up a point. I mean, I, I wanted to say that you know, there's I I listen to uh, I listen to and follow uh, tons and tons of like. Um, occult and conspiracy theory and paranormal and political tons of them on the left tons of them on the right um people on the internet youtube people and and many of these people are super super famous and again it's they're famous because um well often they're famous because people like what they say but i can listen to a lot of these guys and just marvel at the operation of their minds like you could tell they are geniuses on some level you know you know their iqs are super high just how fast they form their thoughts you know to the point where a lot of these guys uh it's pre it's pretty interesting where you where you get that sense when somebody's talking to you that their mind is literally working faster than their mouth and they and they um and they and they literally are uh, have to have you know while while they're having these deep thoughts, there's a parallel stream going where they where they're cognizant of having to slow down their mouth, um, even though just just to make it uh, intelligible, right, kind of thing. Um, so that's really cool. I I love when I see that with some of these great minds on the internet that I follow all the time. But yeah, Snowy is like that as a musician, and I almost picked to play a Devin Townsend track, but I realize that he's in the same category as Snowy. He's he's the Snowy before there was a Snowy. Uh, Devin Townsend is absolutely a genius. He's Canada's probably greatest rock and roll treasure that ever lived. Um, but yeah, just an absolute genius crafting these albums together. Again, he does all the things Snowy does. He's he's a mass... Uh, well, I'll put it this way: he's not—he's not everything Snowy is in the way that he's. Um, well, yeah, he is. I mean, he's a massive musicologist as well. He started with metal, and he did all these different types of metal. But he has—he has moved on a lot more. He's—he's he's actually probably more into technology than Snowy and uh, and recording techniques. He's—he's he's a renowned producer on his own as well. And now he's moved into a lot of more non-metal things, like like ambient and chill music sort of thing. Um, a lot of electronics but he, he's got a massive massive catalog um 
going in all sorts of different directions. We know going back to Strapping Young Lad, it was even more of a thrash situation. But again, super smart thrash because he's a genius, right? So Devin Townsend is absolutely uh, the, the snowy before snowy. Um, the the best example of that. Someone else I just want to mention quickly, um, and it doesn't really fit. He's not of the same stature, but this idea of uh, he's almost a combination between a, a Devin Snowy and a Frank Zappa genius is Al Petrelli. I've I've uh, you know I've I've I believe I've interviewed him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've interviewed him before. But also I know this about him. Period, uh, because other people have said it. He's known as this guy who can pick up any instrument and play it immediately. He's just a virtuoso. He's done that whole. Um, you know, Berkeley School of Music kind of thing too. So he's he's a virtuoso. Um, he can play all sorts of different things. He's kind of like a, a band leader guy, a conceptualist as well. But, you know, I don't put him in the same category as having gone out and making, uh, you know, amazing just artworks, right? Uh, the way, Sno- you know, a, a Snowy Shaw or a... Um, or Devin Townsend has. Uh, okay, so let's move on because um, we've got a few other concepts to, to take care of here. Take a listen to this. This is Elvis Costello with New Lace Sleeves. Ministers go crawling under covers. She's no angel. He's no saint. Okay, this is uh, the great Elvis Costello from 1981's Trust album. Uh, you know, the category here of genius is um, Elvis is kind of like a cross between a musical genius and a literary genius. Um, so, you know, if uh, if if I'm not if if I'm saying that you you, you know I I'm almost more wary of calling people literary geniuses than musical geniuses. Elvis borrows a good chunk of that and uh, you know validates a bunch of bunch of that and also validates the music end of it as well. So so um, he's very prolific. Twenty five albums. Um, He's done stuff in so many different fields. He's a massive musicologist. He's like a great American songbook guy. He knows his country. He knows his jazz. Um, but essentially, he's uh, he's been a, a new wave artist. He's essentially a more interesting version of Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan is absolutely one of the names that's always up the list of these of um, of musical geniuses. I see it all the time. And um, and I think what people really mean when they say that is he's a literary genius, right? Um, I think uh, he just happens to be uh, in inhabit a musician's body, but there's nothing about him that's a musical genius. He's he's not a great singer, technician, uh, vocalist. Um, he's very conservative with his music. There's there's very little interesting about his music. Um, so this guy's a literary genius. Um, so uh, yeah, odd one there, and and a total anomaly, but. I will put Elvis Costello here as well. He's a great vocal stylist, um, amazing lyricist, uh, some of the best lyrics going. And so again, this this goes almost to that that episode I had on smarty pants people, right? Elvis Costello is a smarty pants. It's almost like you're listening to his albums. You're going, why is this guy not not bigger? Every single song here is a hit. When I say he's like a more interesting version of Bob Dylan, I think he's a more interesting version of the Beatles too. Um, so absolute, a- absolute um, musical genius in this category of of almost like artist songwriter, um, but also the music end as well. So he backs it up there. Um, yeah, uh, yes. Let's not go right down this this path, but um, but 
this is where we could uh, talk about other people who show up on these lists like Bruce Springsteen, like U2, like the Beatles. Um, but but I'll just I just let's leave it at Elvis Costello. Let's let's give him the the uh, the satisfaction of the standing of putting him here in this writer category and and representing that the best. Let's move on. Um, take a listen to our fourth selection here. This is Adrian Ballou with 1967. <laughs> All right, I've no doubt, I'm, I'm sure I've played this song before on History in Five Songs. I call this the greatest song of all time. Um, I think it's amazing. It's uh, it's his Bohemian Rhapsody, but Adrian Ballou is, uh, to me, is an absolute musical genius. I just did a goldmine uh, top 20 list of the top 20 albums with Adrian Ballou on it. Uh, his solo catalog is some of the great, my favorite solo, let's stay away from my favorite, right? That's That doesn't really matter. That's not important in this. Um, but... Yeah, love what he does there. You know, love what he brought to King Crimson. He brought so many interesting things to King Crimson. So why is Adrian Ballou a genius? So number one, he's recognized by by people. Uh, this is almost like more validation to begin with, but he's been part of the David Bowie situation, the Talking Head situation, the Frank Zappa situation. These are super smart people that realize a talent when they see it. Um, and of course, the King Crimson situation. So um He's he's a he's a genius because he is a scientific genius. So he's like a like a gearhead, an explorer of interesting sounds. Um, he's known to be the guy to make animal sounds on his guitar, but he's also an, an incredible acoustic guitarist and and whatever he he can do it all. Um, he can he can play traditional uh, you know crazy guitar soloing as well. But yeah, so he's he's that concrete kind of genius. Um, his he's he's an amazing amazing lyricist on the level of a of a Beatles or Bob Dylan or Elvis Costello or Bruce Springsteen absolutely hands down I have no problem saying that about Adrian Ballou, uh you know he's a, he's a singer he's a band leader he's a front man um but he's a, just a super smart music guy uh he's he's proven he's been part of absolutely uh you know when when people talk about the snobbiest most genius most uh most high high minded art uh, albums of all time like uh, like all those king crimson he's on every single king crimson album uh you know starting with discipline right um you know he's crucial to them because he's the singer and uh and you know the the lyricist um he can go toe to toe with robert uh robert fripp as well um uh, but yeah i uh, the bears like let's not for, let's not forget the bears um you know him with his old buddies from cincinnati there i mean they, they these are some of the most beautiful elvis costello like beatles likes albums ever made they're they're a little more pop and perky and and post punk but they are incredible as well um so yeah, Adrian Ballou absolutely uh, fits this genius category because you you got to add up a bunch of things to get a musical genius, right? So that's that's kind of what what my point is here. Uh, we want the nowhere to hide thing. We want the noble thing. You can't you can't fluff your way into being a genius. This is why it drives me crazy when you know people talk about art collectives like the Rolling Stones and saying, oh, the Rolling Stones are genius or whatever. No, it's they, they are they are a bunch of people who came together in a unique way to make amazing art. Um, but 
there's no one genius in that band um, as, along the lines of Snowy Shaw, for example. Um, all right, let's play our fifth selection here, fifth and final. This is Queen with Flick of the Wrist. All right, back to the great Sheer Heart Attack album from 1974. Um, This is the band category. Now, you've all heard me say many, many times, uh, there's really only two bands ever that I thought were genius, uh, genius bands, right? So we'll get to that in a minute. And that's Queen and that's Judas Priest. Uh, Queen from the run from... from, uh, Queen Queen 1973 up to uh you know parts of the game I would say even on the game they had uh they had they had given away their genius mantle the way Judas Priest gives away their genius mantle on uh, on British Steel but I just love it anyways it's a great album uh, but maybe the genius stops on jazz uh, for example right um but but yes, so so the interesting thing here with both Judas Priest and the Judas Priest run is essentially sad wings through to hell bent for leather, right? Um, so essentially, what you get is uh, is absolutely godly music, way ahead of everybody else. Crazy studio techniques. Um, let's stick with Queen for a second. Crazy studio techniques. Um, vaulted interesting vocals uh, all sorts of innovations all over the place. We got to include Roy Thomas Baker in this as well. Um, and uh, and just operating on a level, putting everybody else to shame. Like Led Zeppelin sound like like they're in kindergarten. They sound like a garage band compared to Queen. Like Queen was like Led Zeppelin on steroids. They were um, who's the other band? I, I I would say the Who on steroids. I no, basically uh, basically improving on whoever you thought were the greatest craftsmen in rock and roll uh, up to that point. Uh, and and they and. And you know the the genius bits just came in torrents, minute after second after second. Even this little uh, you know piece of flick of the wrist. Um, you know I wanted to pick something a little more obscure just to show the genius was everywhere with these guys. Um, and and Judas Priest, same thing. They were they were making Menza metal as I call it, uh, way ahead of everybody else. Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Your Eye Heap, like Sad Wings. Just just every category was on on a next level sort of situation. But the problem with the band category, of course is uh who do you give credit to uh as being the genius so you know again um i don't i'm we're talking about geniuses here not not you know which is people which is one person right so the problem with it is and i've seen brian may on genius lists right uh but the but the thing is um Maybe John Deacon isn't a genius. Maybe John Deacon is just a great artist. But Roger Taylor is a, is is some level of genius. Brian May is some level of genius, and so is Freddie Mercury, right? Um, but um, I I I can't say for sure, and I and I wouldn't grab any any one of those guys and push them up to a level of a Snowy Shaw or a Devin Townsend or a Frank Zappa or an Adrian Blue. So that's the problem. Same thing with Judas Priest. I mean, we don't even see. Glenn and KK on greatest guitarist list because you got to split them up. It's two separate guys, right? Um, but again, who's the genius in this band? Um, I don't know if there are any. I, I would I would say it's less likely that there are any geniuses in Judas Priest than there are in Queen. But again, I think I think uh, we're we're cheating the system to say there's some genius music here and there's a genius band here. 
Um, because I don't even like calling both of them genius bands because I think both of them stopped being geniuses in, in 1980. And I'm not saying what came before was a, was a, uh, was a, uh, was an accident, but me and uh, all my priest buddies always talk about how we're very frustrated that priest doesn't realize, uh, how genius they actually were. And that makes you think it was an accident uh, on some level, right? Or just inspiration, or they're just making great art, but no, I, I think, uh, there's genius music there. Um, you know, and just, and just quickly mention, uh, you know, I pondered some other bands here. Voivod, are they geniuses? No, I think it's just really good, smart art, but which who's the genius in that band i mean Mich- michelle langevin is is pushing it he's getting there i mean we are talking about an amazing circular tornado of a drummer uh he's an artist uh he's a conceptualist and a lyricist um so there's a lot about michelle that pushes him into kind of a cool genius level uh king's x uh, you think about, uh, again, this is a bunch of genius music. It's just good. It's not just good art. It's, it's complicated. It's interesting. It's, it's sonically innovative. So again, uh, unfortunately we have to split the credit between three guys. So we don't know, or we can't really say who's the genius in this band or if there even is one, you know, Maybe crudely speaking, mathematically, it takes it takes three non-geniuses, but there's so much there, there's a fair bit of genius in all of them to say they make one guy of genius, right? Um, Metallica, you know, you know, there, there's interesting situations where you go, wow, these guys were the greatest thrash band of all time, at least for a couple of albums, and they were making the best music possible. But you're not you're not going to call them geniuses. You're just going to call them great artists, right? And again. Um, it it you know when you have to split the credit um, we we have that problem um, you know and I just want to mention one other category I'm gonna leave uh, I'm gonna really discipline myself not to mention a thing because I think I've got a cool cool episode idea for next time uh, that's somewhat a subset of this uh, of this talk um, but I do want to mention one more category this idea of uh, that I alluded to earlier um, is Jimi Hendrix a genius is Eddie Van Halen a genius right. Um, and again, I tend to almost say, no, they're more like great, great visual artists or great photographers or great sculptors or, again, literary is, is kind of a funny one. But let's say visual artists, right? Uh, I think there's a good thing to say there. Now, so so what they do is they're amazing geniuses uh, when it comes to their craft of the guitar. And uh, I would say, um, you know, they, they even add some credentials, certainly Eddie even more so, um, with just being a mad scientist in terms of, of being a gearhead and the tech of it all, right? Um, but, you know, I, I, I want to I see amazing lyrics. I want to see amazing songwriting. I want to see prolific catalog, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think all of those things, um, you know, add to you thinking that you were right in calling these people geniuses. And that's why our previous examples uh, are up there more so. So, uh, yeah, good. So I left this other one aside. It'll probably be the next uh, next week's show. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to ko-fi.com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. Uh, kind of a troubling thing happened this morning. You know, I usually share this Ko-Fi thing on Facebook, but it, but it started asking me for my password and, and my Facebook, and I didn't want to change my Facebook password. So I, I almost feel like I might not be able to do that. It, so so what I'm saying is this might be my, my telling you guys this.
this might be the only way going forward um, that I have to even remind people this Ko-Fi thing. So uh, yeah, please be kind on the Ko-Fi thing. On this on this uh, front this week, I want to thank Joe Becht, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Jamie Laszlo, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Philip Edward Phyllis, Steve Polari, and Brian Sager. Um, of course, you can uh, get my books. Did I write about any of these geniuses in a book before? Actually, only Queen, really, right? Um, interesting. Um, anyways, my books are all at martinpopoff.com. Um, you know the latest ones are The Blue Oyster Cult. That really cool one's coming down the pipes. Uh, should have it in a couple weeks. Perfect Water, The Rebel Imaginos. Best thing I've ever done. It's it's a mind blower. Um, but it's actually already at my site. Um, but yeah, if you do order it right away, just just know that it's still a couple weeks away. It's in, it's being printed right now. Um, but yeah, uh, the Kiss book, Kiss at 50, ACDC at 50, the Bowie, the Floyd, the uh, the Who, Quadrophenia. It's all there. I signed them, ship them out, out from my office, PayPal buttons, all that sort of stuff. Thank you very much. Um, go listen to some of these geniuses. You know what? Um, you've already heard a little bit of Noctgeist. Um Go play the original, uh, or any version, really, just to get you into it. But go, go play Vlad the Impaler, uh, Vlad the Impaler by uh, Notre Dame. Thanks very much. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.